Welcome to St. Andrew's Spotlight, a program about faith and action. My name is Deacon Adam James. And my name is Jen Sackoff. Today, we have friends who serve at Nourish KC and the Kansas City Community Kitchen. They're here to talk about their witness of God's healing love through serving 150,000 meals free of charge to anyone who comes to their doors. Nourish KC's food rescue program provides healthy, nutritious food to the Kansas City Community Kitchen and neighborhood pantries throughout the greater Kansas City area for distribution to under-resourced families. The program has rescued over 360,000 pounds of perfectly fresh, usable food from being wasted last year alone. Nourish KC also leverages its kitchen facilities to host the Culinary Training Program, which focuses on helping older foster youth gain valuable life and job skills to prepare them for aging out-of-state care. So today we encourage you on ways that you can get involved with Nourish KC to make a tangible impact in our community. With us today are our St. Andrews parishioners who volunteer their time in various areas of Nourish Casey's programs. We have Bruce and Priscilla Long, Susan Painter, and Joy Bauer. Welcome to all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So before we begin the conversation, it's always a good and right thing to pray. Jen, would you like to lead us in prayer? Yeah. Holy One, we thank you for this opportunity to share the ways you are at work in our community. May our hearts be open to this time of holy sharing and holy listening. Continue to stir in us the desire to use our faith, to act in accordance with your will for our lives, and to share your peace and love with others. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Jen. So, Bruce, Priscilla, Joy, Susan, thank you all for being here. We have a full house today. And I think that is representative of what we see in the, the life of St. Andrews and caring about people having the basic necessities, such as food. And I want to ask you all, what does it feel like to see people receiving food when you serve? This is Bruce Long, and I'll, I'll start. But it is such a joy to see people coming in and you never know exactly what they've gone through that day, what's on their mind, troubles they might have, happiness they might have, whatever. But to have them come in, be able to sit down, and with, with a sense of esteem, self-esteem, they're able to request a, the choice of the entree of the day, and then some of our people, our volunteers, will go get that food for them, deliver it to them, make sure they have everything they need. And the look of satisfaction, actually just the look of gratitude that the people share with our people just reinforces you. You can just see them really thankful. And I think perhaps... I could speak for us all that one of the most gratifying things we encounter when we're volunteering at the kitchen is when the people have finished their meals, oftentimes they'll come up to us and say, thank you, thank you for being here, and God bless you. And it just is an amazing feeling of, of reward, satisfaction, and humility that we have for being given the opportunity to reach out and help other people. Um, And I'd like to add to that, I'm Joy. And um, 
Sometimes when you're the one serving, bringing the, the plate of food to someone who's, you know, they get to get welcome, they get to be comfortable. They're not going through a line yeah. and, mm. and juggling their plate and their bag and their coat. They get to get comfortable at their table, and then we bring the food. And oftentimes, uh, like I think a, two, a family and then this other uh, two men, they were deep in prayers, thanking God. Yeah before the food came. And it wasn't just, God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food. They were head-to-head, holding hands, saying prayers, because they felt that this was a blessing to them. And then to witness that, it's a blessing to witness it. And a family. Families come in together and do the same thing. Sounds like there's a real sense of hospitality. This isn't prepackaged food. This isn't running them through through the mill here, grab your food and go. That's exactly right. I, I think it is inspirational not only to um, see our, our fellow parishioners serving with such joy and blessing for our, our guests, but they bless us in so many ways by their joy, their faith, and their gratitude, which... Um, um, is very humbling, as my husband said, and and also um, something that that we don't see or feel every day, because this is right around the corner from our, our homes, and we tend to live in a bubble, and mm-hmm. we drive a few miles and see the need, and and it it, it just inspires so much gratefulness in our hearts to serve and and uh, be able to have this opportunity. And one of the things, uh, living in um, Kansas City area, I know there is great need, but I am so proud of our Episcopal denomination in particular for their great work in um, this very basic need for our community. Can't do anything without food. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. This is Susan, and what I'm going to say is going to start out sounding kind of bad. Oh. My, <laughs> my, my favorite part of serving is when it's time for me to take a break. <laughs> but I love that because, um, you know, we each ha- have a few moments, um, depending on how busy we are, to stop and have lunch ourselves. And I like to get my lunch and go sit with one of our guests, someone who might have come in alone and just start talking with them. And I have found that, you know, I think everyone in the country has noticed that there's a lot of lonely people out there. But these folks, whether they've just hit a hard bump in the road or whether they've started off with terrible disadvantages and have had a rough life the whole way through, they're particularly um, lonesome, it seems. And so you have a chance when you sit down and visit to to feed something other than their bellies, yeah. um, which yeah. sometimes, I, I think sometimes they're hungrier for company than they are for food. So that's, that's just a wonderful part of this um, ministry as well. It's a very pointed thing that you bring up, Susan, because it feels sometimes like we're overloaded with information in the society, but underwhelmed by our personal connections anymore. Yeah. I mean, COVID really highlighted how hard it was for people to stay connected in isolation. And the COVID was an example to us of the difference between the the kitchen now 
as during COVID. During COVID, there was not the opportunity to talk with with our guests, but now it, they really look forward to the opportunity to talk. And I've seen Susan out. When Susan says I'm going to take a break, to me that means Susan's going to go out and do some ministry, and which she does so beautifully. But and you, but you can see on the looks of our faces of the guests, they really, they're not just being given something, they're being cared for. And another piece to this whole feeling, it, it kind of brings a whole feeling about this, is the ministry just within the volunteers. Mm -hmm. Quite frankly, when the doors open and our guests come in to start, it's a little bit busy at, at the start. And everybody is anxious to, how do I help you? So yeah. that no mm -hmm. one feels stressed. People know and have the opportunity to, to look at and see that you know food is being delivered, that people are enjoying it, and that, that that's working. But the other thing, and not to be overlooked, and I'm always impressed by it, is the, the Nourish KC staff. Yeah. Yeah. We're not just delivering a meal. They are very proud of the quality mm -hmm. of the food that they prepare, and they do a masterful job. I, I have, in all the years, I can't remember having someone come up and say, ugh. It's usually they're saying, can I have a second helping? Yeah. You know, and, and another thing that's happening now that is different, um, and COVID kind of instituted this, is we're doing much more of a takeout business. Mm -hmm. And so not only can we serve people seated at a table with silverware and flowers on the table and so forth, but they can also request meals to go to take home to maybe a debilitated family member or friend or whatever. Yeah. And so a lot of our work now also gets involved in preparing food for them to take out. So the, the kitchen reaches out so far beyond the physical kitchen itself to a whole lot of people. It's a very dignifying thing because there are good reasons people can't get to the, the kitchen for a meal and to allow food to go out when you know there's so many places that limit the amount of food that you can have or you only get one pass through the line and there's no to-go boxes. And that emulates a lot of what we see in the restaurant industry for those of us who have the ability to pay for food. Takeout is bigger now than ever. And there's good reasons that people are not comfortable being out in public. And I think that was something that, that struck me during COVID is the agility that Nourish Casey had in really saying, look, we, we can't have people inside the facility because mm -hmm. of COVID and, and social distancing. So let's problem solve. Let's still provide the hot meal because it would have been really easy to do prepackaged things during COVID or something to that effect. But to really maintain their mission and that purpose of we want to give you healthy, nutritious, hot meals, um, mm -hmm. regardless of what pandemic situation we're in. Yeah, because what's better than home cooking? Right. Yeah, truly fresh cooked food is the best. So, well, 
This, this is definitely better than my home cooking. I mean, this is, <laughs> this, this Mine is, too, probably. This is really good food. And, you know, when Bruce was talking about dignity, it's dignity with a capital D. I mean, this is, this is restaurant quality stuff, good restaurant quality stuff. Um, so it's just, I, it, it just feels so good to give folks who are having a rough time that, that dignity and that pleasure and the leisure to eat the way people who are in a better situation in life at that moment do regularly. You know, it's, it's, it's just a, a wonderful thing. And there's really a sense of a full, full circle here with the uh, program to teach young kids, or actually not young kids, but young te- younger adults, almost teenagers that are, you know, and exiting the foster system, a, a skill to be able to cook. To be able to serve, I mean, it's 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 serving people on a multitude of levels, not just a hot meal in front of you, but like you said, Susan, the dignity of a conversation and and company with other people, and teaching teenagers how to how to have a have a job and a life skill. Um, this is Priscilla. I I wanted to expand a little bit on what Susan was talking about visiting with our guests, and. Um, that has been one of my favorite experiences. Um, you have to sort of <laughs> read the situation because there have been times when I sit down and and uh, try to start a conversation and it's it's turned away. Other people are so anxious to to talk and even just putting a hand on someone's shoulder um, or, or touching their hand. People need human contact. And my, my feeling is that many of these people perhaps have not had anyone touch them or hug them for far too long. And, and that can speak a thousand words that I'm here for you, I'm your friend. And there have been a couple of opportunities where where <laughs> I summoned up my courage and, and actually held somebody's hand and prayed, and they seem to appreciate that so much. I think I have shared this with the congregation at one time, but one very meaningful, moving experience for me um, was on an occasion when a gentleman came into the soup kitchen and obviously had a neurological condition where he could not control his movements. He was very spasmodic, and um, people were tending to shy away from him because he was very different. And he sat by himself at lunch and, and was, was managing to feed himself. And not that I'm any kind of saint, that's for sure, but I went over to talk to him. And he, um, he was apologizing for his movements. And he said, my mama says that I have a demon. And I was just kind of overcome. And I said, would you be comfortable praying with me? Would I be comfortable praying with him? 
but we held both hands. This is in the middle of the soup kitchen. And I prayed, I felt so presumptuous, but I prayed that this demon, his mama said that he had, would leave him. And at the very least, that he would be able to, to have the kind of appropriate care that would help him with his difficulty. I will tell you that as soon as I held his hand, and maybe just that pressure or whatever, he calmed down. Well, well I got more, more agitated, thinking, oh my gosh, you are so presumptuous to think that you can pray away the demon in this man. But it calmed him. It, it, it gave him maybe some hope. Um, he, he was very grateful. He seemed um, more at peace when he left. And I have no idea. I never saw him again. His name was Kenny. Um, and I still pray for Kenny on my prayer list. And I doubt that the demon left him so sporadically. But it, from a personal, a personal point of view, it shook me to my core. Uh, Bruce was there, and I came in from um, the serving area, and I was, I just, I don't know. It was, it was one of those thin moments. Mm -hmm. the, is it the Celtic people speak yes. mm -hmm. of thin moments? I, I just felt the presence of God right there, and I... I hope he was working through me to some degree. Um, just one of those things you don't expect to happen on a regular day, but yeah. um, it was very moving for me, so I grew a, a great deal with that experience. It still, still is very emotional for me, and I can only keep praying for Kenny. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That's very moving for us to hear. Uh, I mean, people have struggles of all kinds, and for have an opportunity to open up about their struggle, you got to be that witness for them. Wow. Well, and probably just the fact that, that you came over to him, especially when he sat alone, apart from everyone else. I mean, he probably got that sense a lot in life that, that people were uncomfortable with his presence, and so he probably got used to just going off on his own. So the fact that you were willing to to break outside of those those bonds and kind of those social, I don't know, mores that we have and approach someone who's different, probably just that alone meant the world to him. Well, and when we talk about darkness and the isolation of darkness, you know, regardless of where that darkness comes from, isolation is a space that allows for all the negative to come in yeah. and, and, and take over our minds. So for him to have somebody to express to helps him hopefully feel not alone, which brings a little light back into his life. I would venture to say, um, this is joy, that a lot of people that are our clients at the soup kitchen They've spent a lot of time feeling invisible. Yeah. And Priscilla's experience with this one man, certainly, he was not invisible with her, and that was a once-in-a-lifetime prayer moment. 
I think the experiences that I have more often are the kind where you're visiting with the people and you, you're just assuming that everybody's on hard times. And when you visit and then you just kind of ask them, is there anything heavy on your heart that you would like me to pray for you? I'll keep you in my prayers. They say, oh, I am so blessed. I'm so blessed, but I want you to pray for... And they have their list. Nine times out of ten, they want you to pray for other people. Yeah. And then they say they're so blessed. Wow. I, I hear that phrase all the time on Friday, on the Fridays that I'm there. I'm so blessed. Yeah. And it's a blessing to hear that. Oh, it is. Yes, yes. I'm one of the people that ends, I always end up on the food line preparing meals or, or plates. But I get to look out and see Joy and Susan and others and the smile and the warmth with which they come up to the guests and do the voodoo that they do so well, <laughs> is, it, is, it's touching. It really is. Yeah. On occasion, we will have another entity volunteering at the same time. And, for example, St. Paul's uh, brings some of their uh, seniors yeah. and juniors to wait on the on the guests at the tables, and I can't think of a time when the kids started the process, and by the time they were ready to go back to school that particular day, they all looked somewhat transformed. Yeah, I mean, you could tell that something had had gotten to them where they really felt that they had done something good. Mm -hmm. And that's something I think all of our volunteers from St. Andrews feel. Yeah. At the end of, of when 2 o'clock comes around and we're getting ready to go to our respective homes, giving hugs to each other <laughs> to reinforce the joy of the day, but also just to be able to, to leave, say a prayer in your car, of thanksgiving for having been given the opportunity to serve mm -hmm. and then suddenly saying i'd like to do this again tomorrow you know it 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 just really transforms you and then you know we, we go back and slip into our normal daily routines and it, it, it kind of gets diluted and dissipated altogether but for that period of time where you can remember seeing Joy and Susan and Bill Hessler and Bruce Bauer and Priscilla and others, just doing, reaching out to people and making them feel welcome and, you know, is there anything we can do for you is just an incredible experience to, uh, to observe. This is Susan. Bruce, I'm glad you mentioned the young folks. Um, you know, we. Like you said, they come from St. Paul's. They've also come from Rockhurst High School. Oh, cool. Um, and then we sometimes get seminarians in. But it's, I think this is such a wonderful thing, particularly for high schoolers, because, well, oftentimes they've come from, you know, if they're in a private school, kind of a privileged family, and they've never experienced people in this kind of need. And um, it, it's nice for them to have that experience so that as they grow into adulthood, that's in their psyche, you know? Yeah. Um, that's just, 
I would rec any parent of a teenager, I would recommend this. I think it would be just a wonderful part of their spiritual development. Mm -hmm. yeah. So to I guess to that end, what drew each of you to this ministry? Ah. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking Bruce was figuring this is Priscilla. Um, Bruce was figuring out that the the soup kitchen has been in existence for at first it was the soup kitchen now it's Kansas City Community Kitchen mm -hmm. since 1981 or before, is that, or before. so um, I I can only say that um, I was drawn there initially because. Huh, maybe because I like food. I, 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 I <laughs> Me <don't>, too. <laughs> I don't know. It just, food is such a basic necessity, okay? And and it's it's one thing when you write a check, you know, for a cause, but to actually offer somebody a, a plate of chicken and vegetable, it's so fundamental. And it was one of the first things that I became involved with when we joined St. Andrews 35 years ago, I think we were figuring out. And um, it was a wonderful way, as a, a fairly new parishioner, to meet other parishioners, yeah. um, which was, was a blessing. I think at that time we were... Uh, providing the staffing for every Friday during the month. And it, it, it's a, a great legacy that Kansas, St. Andrews, has has been part of this picture in Kansas City for so many years. And I, I, um, I think I was drawn there because of the good people that were already volunteering. And I'm sure somebody said, oh, please come and give this a try. And probably it was the people aspect of it that, that really um, brought me to that, that ministry. That's wonderful, Priscilla. I, I think back to the early days, and I think it was, we sometimes referred to it as the soup kitchen, but that was a very unofficial name for it. It was actually Episcopal uh, Community Services. Mm -hmm. And that, when we first started doing that, that was, we were in the basement of the cathedral, and it, it, it took some girding of your commitment to, to even venture into the to that facility but this new facility as as the whole process has evolved um, it's at the 8th 8th Street and Paseo mm -hmm. and it's it's a really nice clean refreshing airy bright um, setting mm -hmm. and it it's Pleasant on the serving side, and I think it's pleasant for our our guests sitting, you know, and and having a meal. But to what Pris was saying about some of the people that entice you, I think of some of the early recruiters and leaders of the Episcopal Community Service venture, and I have people like Marianne Deal and George Deal. I mean, this goes way yeah, back, yeah. and then Ann Rennie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. was for six years. Uh, she was the sergeant at arms that just took the yoke upon her and, and you know, brought people 
in and, and made them really feel like they were doing something. There have been great people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this coming Sunday, the ministry meeting minute will be about Nourish KC. And one of the things that I'm hoping to be able to do is to get all of the people in the congregation of both services to stand and be acknowledged for the, the gift that they have given to the people and to the congregation um, in their service. That's a wonderful yeah, idea. I think it will be shocking to see how many people stand up. Oh, well, <clears throat> I remember. Go back to the- yes, and I, uh, yeah, from the beginning, when I first met Jerry Kolb, of course, you have to wear a hat when you're at the soup kitchen. He had a St. Andrews hat and a long ponytail coming out the back. Jer- took- wait, 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 Jerry. Wait, Jerry Cole? <laughs> okay, I just okay. want. Okay, I- me months For- to figure out. That's Jerry Colby's bald. <laughs> and he had his special volunteer hat that had the long ponytail coming out the yeah. back. Okay. Well, I hope Jerry Colby gets to hear this. I do, too. <laughs> do. So the ponytail was part of his hat. Yes. That's yes. very cute. That's wonderful. That's funny. What drew me to the kitchen was um, when I first came to St. Andrews, it was August of 2018, and um, I was just sort of being shown the ropes um, mm-hmm. through the... Um, what you might call it the oh like discovery class no uh, the, 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 engagement the engagement thank engagement. you Jennifer yes. <laughs> boy my mind just goes yes I was I was just sort of being shown what all goes on by someone from engagement and um, we went to lunch at the at um, the community kitchen. And, you know, you, you don't have to show ID showing that you're poor or needy or anything. Anyone can go to lunch there. And so we went to lunch there. And I just, you know, I just looked around and saw what was happening, this sort of spiritual magic, and wanted to be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. One of my memories of um, post-COVID um, was when we finally got to go back into the kitchen and every day, your work assignments might differ. But on that day, I got to be the dessert lady. I was like Santa Claus. <laughs> I got Everybody to go, wants dessert. I had yeah. a tray full of about four different varieties of dessert. And I got to go out amongst the diners and smile. And, of course, they see what I have, and their eyes light up, and they're all talking about their grandma's favorite blueberry pie recipe. And, oh, it was, it was like a party waiting to happen. And then the next time I went there to work, the desserts were not handed out that way. Oh, oh. I did something else. Oh. Well, they, they do on occasion have it, and it has a lot to do with all of the things going on with Nourish KC at a given time. Sometimes they have time to make desserts and sometimes we rely on on suppliers to provide things like that mm-hmm. but watching joy go out with her uh, <laughs> dessert tray yeah it reminds me of this might seem inappropriate but i hope you'll bear with me for a minute it, it reminds me of on christmas eve when we pass the candle down and you have the light and you pass on the light yeah well, as Joy would walk by with her tray of desserts, with that wonderful smile she always has, the smiles radiated to the people uh, that were being approached with the desserts. And so it really was like passing on the, well, on the candle. And thank you for the way you say that, Bruce, yeah. because 
how is this not sacramental in the idea um, that yeah. when we offer communion, we're passing the bread, we're passing the peace, and <laughs> that light is very sacramental too. That's you know, feeding people and eating together. It, it, like you said, Susan, having lunch there, eating together is a part of the sacrament of it. I just love that metaphor of the of the candle, like Christmas Eve and Joy's, Joy's light being passed. That's, that's beautiful, Bruce. It really is. The only trouble with mentioning that is Susan and Joy are now going to realize that, that we that stay on the line to fill the plates and so forth are actually looking out and seeing what's going on as much as we can. And, yeah. and, and we know some of the, the, the guests. I mean, we've had them for years, and we've been able to watch their evolution. Some of them have had some addictions mm-hmm. that were debilitating years ago, but they seem to have been able to work through. some. Of, so in some cases, it, it's, it's so rewarding to see them in a better place. And, and I... I, again, I think all the interaction that you all have with the, with the customers out there goes a long way that somebody cares. You know, you're not just going through the motions and you watch them and they're not just going, hi there, how are you? It's good. To, would you like to pray with me? Bah. It's much more that they really are welcoming, mm-hmm. they're warm, and I, I really think the guests are touched by the fact that somebody really does care. This isn't just lip service being paid. When you're talking about a relationship, the guests that come back, the people that see you and you see them over and over again over the years, this isn't just a place that is only strangers. There, are, There's a community. When it's Kansas City Community Kitchen, there's a community of people that are living and breathing in this space regularly together and walking through the hard times and seeing the, the good times as well. That's, that's a very, very enlightening thing for the people who will listen to this. You're entering into a community, and it's a, it's, a very, it's a very sacred community because it's different people from different walks of life coming together in this space and really serving each other mutually. How often have you all experienced the gift of love and return from the people that you serve food from? I think a lot. Yeah. And it isn't always the spoken word. Oftentimes it'll be someone looking up, catching your eye and nodding. Mm-hmm. Somebody just, you know, making little gestures to show I'm aware you're here and thank you for being here. And then in some cases, I, as I mentioned before, that some will come up and just say thank you and God bless you. I mean, and when they do that, the uh, ladle that I'm using falls out of my hand. Uh, <laughs> you know, you have to kind of get yourself all put back together again. But I mean, it really, you can't go through an experience like that without one, feeling that the spirit has touched you. Mm-hmm. Two, there are tears in your eyes. You can't help it. It just, it's such a wonderful, gratifying experience. But humbling in that a person who you won't see other than at the community kitchen makes a point of coming up to say thank you and in some way acknowledge that they recognize that you're there and it's um it's an experience i would love for more of our parishioners to have the opportunity to experience that 
Absolutely. Yeah, the gratitude. I, I, um, I have been a waitress at various restaurants, um, and none of them had better food than the community kitchen. <laughs> but the big difference is the gratitude. Whereas when I waitressed in restaurants, you know, the, there was always something wrong, always something that, you know, should have been, send this back because it's not medium rare, it's almost medium rare, you know, whatever. <laughs> but the gratitude from these folks, um, you know, they, they, they don't, they aren't carrying around big egos. They're just so human, and um, it, it's oof, it's lovely. It really is. Joy, I think you wanted to say something, didn't you? Well, <clears throat> when you get to work elbow to elbow with people who care, um, it extends. It, you said the word community, Bruce. Um, a woman that works there every Friday from the cathedral. Her name's Betsy. One one. Friday, I spent an hour and a half deboning roasted chicken with her. We just stood there doing it over and over again. We, I hear her life story. She hears my life story. You go to the cathedral for some event, a wedding, an ordination, or something. There's Betsy giving you a hug. You have a new friend that doesn't even worship with you at your own parish. So your, your elbow-to-elbow community friends are extended and uh, who doesn't go to the soup kitchen without getting a hug from Kenny and Charles. You mentioned Kenny. He stands out, and he has an amazing story as to how he came to Kansas City and what he knows in the the community. I mean, he's an inspiration. We'll have to have him on this one one day. And and he's not the same Kenny that that Priscilla prayed with. (laughs) That's an entirely different Kenny. Don't get your Kenny's mixed up. Yes, if I remember right, this Kenny's a gold gloves boxer. Yeah. So yeah, he's got a jujitsu. Jujitsu. He's got an amazing story. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I think um, when we talk about the gratitude of the guests that we serve, and it is very humbling that that they will come and say, "God bless you," and I'm I I try and say in the past. God bless you as well, or God be with you today, and or through the week, or or whatever. But I I feel that when they express that gratitude, that it stirs up in me, in us, um, incredible gratitude for the blessings that we take for granted every day, and. Yes, you say, thank you, Lord, for my home and food and health care and all this. But, but do we, we realize what incredible blessing we have? And, and I think that in many ways we, we gain such spiritual awareness from those that we serve there. That's the return gift, which is the... That's the sacramentality of, of ministry such as this in community. The people that we go to serve are also there to serve us, and it's a mutual reciprocation. It's a beautiful thing. Another piece to this puzzle that I find to be very satisfying is the genuine caring of the staff of Nourish KC that... People are getting nourishing meals, that, the, the, that enough food is being given, not too much. They're careful about that. But 
it's not like they say, oh, give them the, this or whatever. No, not at all. It's very much, you know, give them this, make make sure, is that okay, and so forth and so on. They really care about what they do. And a couple of the staff, Linda and Ken in particular, know these guests coming in. They see them every day of the week. But, I mean, they'll ask, how's Sarah doing or how's Uncle Harry doing or, you know, whatever. And it's, it's like an extension of the family. And they'll, they'll help direct us to perhaps customize a wee bit um, what, what we're delivering mm -hmm. to the people. It, 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 it becomes, it's not, it's, it's not a Henry Ford production line. It's a very personal it really experience. It becomes a very personal experience. And the people from St. Andrews, two of, well, three of whom I have the pleasure of sitting with today, are examples of, of how they make something that could be a production line not a production line at all. I mean, again, I, I look at their, the looks on their faces when they come back from talking to, with one of the guests, and they're, they're just ready to turn around and go right back out. Where could I get to the next one? You know, you know, it, yeah. it, it, it's, it's just you feel so rewarded that you're seeing your fellow parishioners doing this and doing it so beautifully and the things that we pray for on Sundays that we hope we're able to bring to the community, they're doing it. Yeah, it, it, it's it's actually happening, and it, you can see, you can see the candles being passed as they as they really welcome and appreciate that kind of caring and spread that light. It's yeah. really about being the hands and feet. Is I mean, we're praying in, in the sanctuary on Sundays about these things, but then you all are really going out and putting that in motion and really honoring the, the humanity in, in others, which is a really beautiful thing. I wanted to share a memory uh, that I'll, I'll never forget. Um, at, at Christmas time, before Christmas time, we used to put our efforts together and do a big special Christmas uh, event at the cathedral. And so instead of going to 8th and the Paseo, we all went to the cathedral. We had hundreds of guests, and they'd have, it was just so good. And, um, I signed up with some other pianists to take a, an hour's turn at playing piano for Christmas music. And that's during the mealtime, The right? mealtime. Yes, yes. Your background, you're, yeah, you're the... I wanted to put a tip jar on the piano, but I <laughs> didn't. <laughs> but um, here I'm sitting there doing my hour, and smiling and I had all my sheet music all over the place and this man came up I recognized him I think I know his name but I'm not going to say it because I might be wrong but he was always one of those special guys that would come in on a Friday and smile and say I'm blessed and all this and he um, took interest in the piano and after a song was over I said he said, do you mind if I play some too? I said, of course, what do you want to play? And he goes, well, what's right there? And he pointed to the next song that I was going to do. He says, well, that's a key of F. I'm going to, I'm going to change it to the key of D. He sat down, transposed it in his head oh my gosh. Oh, wow. to the key of D, oh. and he's a trained jazz musician. So you're talking oh. about real talent. He somehow yeah. had that in his story. Everybody has a story. But on that day, his story came out loud and clear. 
that he he's genius. I couldn't do what he did. And he he had fun doing it and we hugged each other afterwards. So here he was giving back to this special event with his talent. Yeah. And I've seen on other days of the other years where a girl would stand up and start singing. Uh, oh, how cool. Get in front of the microphone. Yeah. And she would, oh, it's beautiful. And oh, there's something special going on on that Christmas event, even though this year they changed it yeah. to after Christmas. But something, the Holy Spirit was running around in that room that day. Expressions yeah. of love coming out of everybody through it their was talents. incredible. I'll so never cool. forget it. Yeah. So if people were to want to get involved with Nourish and with you all, what would be the best way to begin that process? Who would they contact? Is it you, Bruce? Um, certainly, the people are. I would love to be contacted. Okay. Um, so either myself, uh, Bruce Long, or my co-chair, who is Bill Hessler. Okay. But to see, and one of the things I'm hoping on Sunday is the congregation will see the, the breadth of parishioners that have volunteered. And hopefully on Sunday, some of them will come up and ask. Yeah. And I think it, it, you know, we're beginning to be contacted by people that aren't even on the church list yet. Yeah. About can we serve at the, at the uh, kitchen? And so there'll be one on Friday who is brand new. Oh, that's wonderful. So, that's yeah, fantastic. And, and we're, these, these things... It, it, I don't know if we have to tell them how good it is. It's it's almost like they can just sense it. Yeah. You know, they say community kitchen, and then they look at your response, and when that response isn't, you know, come, you're kind of your mouth turning down, but rather a big smile come on your face, there's something that tells you, hey, there's something good there. Some Something's meaningful to these people. I'd like to, to give it a try. Well, that's fantastic. But I think officially to either contact Adam to contact you or Jen. Okay. Um, I have I have um, a the, on the Nourish KC website. There's a specific link where you can volunteer your time, and I can share that in the description of our show. Um, and also, your email address is on the St. Andrews website, and Bill's email address is also there, so I can direct people there. Yeah, if you want to serve with, if, if anyone wants to serve with the St. Andrews team, they should probably work through Bruce or Bill. That makes sense, uh, yeah. Yeah, but if they want to do it on their own, that's okay, too. And they okay. Can. But so, one of the things that we're hoping for with this coming Sunday <clears throat> is this, the executive director and the, the events coordinator for Nourish KC will be in our congregation. Well, that's wonderful. And, and I'll be introducing them to the congregation at both services, and then they'll come and be in the in the, uh, the jewel, room. jewel room during coffee hour after 8.15 and after 10 o'clock. And the, I, I'm hoping that our current uh, uh, volunteers who will be wearing a Nourish KC button so that they look official... Uh, will be circulating around in the coffee hour, yeah. kind of expanding their stories, because the stories I've heard Susan and Joy and Pris mention, are, I'd love to hear them again. Yeah, I, these, and these stories are fantastic. A little of that, and then ex escort, ex escort them over to the, the folks from Nourish KC, 
because what Nourish Crazy would really like to begin is a cadre of people that maybe they don't do the same thing every time. Maybe that one day they just come in to, to peel carrots or potatoes, or maybe they bone chicken with Karen and Joy. <laughs> yeah. Or, <laughs> Betsy. Betsy. I'm sorry. And, well, Betsy, too. Yeah. She's allowed to do that. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's just there, there's so many opportunities to serve in so many ways. And the Nourish Cape, I've encouraged them to make sure to not be bashful about listing things that we would love to have volunteers help us with this, that, or the other thing. Um, even the possibility of, of St. Andrew's doing an, an additional day to Friday. That's wonderful. Yeah. So, that, and that's our hope here with with St. Andrew Spotlight is to highlight the work that's being done, and show people what a gift it is to not only be able to partake in it, but to receive that gift as well. It really, it really is one of the crown jewels of this parish is the the volunteerism and the willingness to go out and serve. So, thank you all. Any parting thoughts before we're almost at the hour mark? And we'll wrap up the conversation. Does anybody have anything on their heart? I'll start just by <clears throat> on my heart right now as a thankfulness for Susan, Joy, Priscilla, and so many others who selflessly go give of themselves and just open up their hearts to people that are really in need. And it is such a refreshing, rewarding experience. Um, just thank them for their service and for their commitment and their enthusiasm and Joy's desserts. Yes, yes. <laughs> Sounds like the dessert cart needs to come back. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I hope I can do it again. Well, and, and thank you to you, Adam and Jen, for facilitating this opportunity to share some of our experiences and and one of the wonderful, only one of the wonderful things that, that St. Andrews is involved with. Absolutely. This is a real gift to be able to provide this opportunity for people to be a part of this conversation wherever they're at, because there are people that care that are out running errands with the kids and they're you know running to the grocery store, driving to work, um, working out, trying to get a jog in, and they can actually hear what's going on to St. Andrews while they're out having to do all the things to maintain their life. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, Susan, looks like you have one more yeah, thing. I, I yeah. just wanted to say thank you, too. I enjoy, yeah. I think it's very cool we have this podcast going. <laughs> I I was washing dishes while visiting with you and, um, and Sarah and listening uh, to Sarah's story on the initial podcast. It was just it's great. Thank you so much Absolutely. for doing this. Yeah. The spirit knows no bounds, even when washing dishes. It's amazing <laughs> how that works. So. <laughs> well, Susan, Joy, thank thank Bruce, you, thank Priscilla, you. thank you all for being here oh. and joining us today. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, so thank you so much for joining us for this edition of St. Andrew's Spotlight, and we will talk with you soon. And remember to go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God.